we have the right experiences, we have the right ideas, we think we're a good team, so let's start that journey. Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Sylvan. George, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest today. Well, great to be here and thanks for the invite, Sylvan. You're the co-founder and strategy lead at Found, a startup bringing the digital consumer revolution to hiring. I think that's something that we all want to learn more about. Before we do so, you actually got your studies from the University of Zurich in Switzerland, and you then also worked for a Swiss consultancy for four years before you moved to Australia. So I wonder what motivated you to move to a different continent, probably also a bit of a different world. Yeah, absolutely a different world. I mean, as I remember, there were really three reasons why we moved to Australia. First one was studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, second was the the relationship with my at that time girlfriend now now wife and the third one was really the adventure i don't really remember what the order of importance was of those <laughs> of those three but um the studies w- were important so we initially went down just for a year to do another masters for me it was uh, strategic hr management mm-hmm. um and at that time just really wanted to spend spend time with Judith, my wife and we had a had an amazing time and that investment was was uh, well worth it uh, now nearly 16 17 years later and in the third one, adventure, I, I mean, we've never been to Australia, you know, been to that continent, uh, wanted to improve our English skills and, and, and really soak up the culture there. So, so that's why we went. Amazing. Usually people already move for one of the reasons that you mentioned. You had all three of them at the same time. That's quite cool. Yeah, no, in, in, in hindsight, it was uh, just an, an, an awesome experience and, 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 and a risk well worth uh, taking. We had the savings for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we knew we could survive that year and uh, and we packed our bags and went. Amazing. And then in Australia, you also worked for a startup in the uh, work tech space for six years. And later, then also joined an HR, global HR consulting firm. But then still after the chops, you decided to actually start your own startup in 2022. Why leaving the chops, you know, in probably a well-paying uh, consultancy firm or the startup world? Why did you decide to leave all of that behind you and start your own startup? Yeah, so so, so let me turn back the clock a, a little bit. So so when we arrived in Australia, we we did full full time studies mm-hmm. and and we liked it that much. Our new life in Australia that I thought, okay, I, I need to get in a job here because if I of don't course. have a job, I don't have a visa, I can't stay. No. So so I started in in this HR tech uh, startup back in in 2005 full time studies 50% work so it was an intense time uh getting in as a very early uh employee uh at minimum wage just no. really trying to to learn and, and actually get to know people and, and and prove my worth um and and that luckily succeeded and and, and we got that that business visa sponsorship and, and and we could stay and and we sold the company very successfully 
uh, in 2011 with with an ARR of over 30 million. That's wow. five year after starting, which 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 was a great result. That's impressive. That's super fast. Yeah, it was it was super great, and, and and it was the early the early years of of HR tech. So we yeah. built applicant tracking system, e recruitment system, HR services systems, and and it was really cool and a steep learning curve uh, back then for me. And I led sales and product and marketing uh, at that stage. Nice. So, so and then going through a sales process was obviously yeah. uh, was obviously a, a great. Uh, yeah, uh, just a great situation for me at, at a young age. After that, I said, okay, I've worked for a private enterprise. I've worked for a startup. Maybe I should go into corporate and uh, <laughs> to my sins, I guess. But right. I was super lucky uh, to, to start with, with, with LHH then, and then having uh, yeah, nearly 10 years in a variety of different roles. For the last few years, I, I, I led all of our European countries and, and our APEC countries as CEO. And, and obviously got to to deal with a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of different sales organizations as, as, as well as product. And then comes sort of, sort of 2022 and, 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 and you asked, well, why did we, did we start a startup just then? During COVID, the, the, the digital transformation need for organizations really accelerated mm-hmm. and 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 a, and a lot of businesses had to shift gears also in the way that they work with their employees how they at- attract talent and how they develop talent within the organizations mm-hmm. and and that so-called war for talent really really exploded there and and that was actually also the case for me as as, as a large employer i was trying yeah. to find find those people couldn't really find them internally or externally. And, and, and we worked with, with external recruiters and job boards, etc. And I was quite, well, surprised and dismayed that the whole sort of hiring industry really hasn't shifted, that, mm-hmm. that nothing has happened in the yeah, nearly two decades that I was out of, of real sort of, sort of, hiring of hiring of people. And, and and so I thought, you know, someone's got to disrupt disrupt this industry. The, 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 how supply and demand is meeting, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And and so that really gave the impulse to 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 start a business with the additional sort of experience of building a corporate venture during the COVID time as well. Within our within our business, which was in the executive coaching industry. Also, an industry that's not really shifted, uh, and and we were very successful with that. So, so I think we had some competence, some learning, some, uh, yeah, I, I guess, some confidence as well uh, to 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 start a venture. So, it really was your personal frustration where you saw that this gap in the market that led you to start your your own startup. However, when I look at you, you still you look young, you know. But you and your co-founder, you were both in your early or mid forties, so not the traditional, you know, university uh, student who just starts the startup after studying, you had good and well-paying jobs. You had a career now with the global HR consulting firm. So how was that for you to leave all of that behind? I'm sure people must have called you, George, you're crazy. Why do you leave your stable, well-paying job and start your own company? How was that for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for calling me young. Uh, yeah, I'm still I still feel young, so, so so that's a good thing. Yeah. So so the shift from corporate to 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 founder. Um, 
I mean, of course, it, I mean, it's it's a big risk. I mean, you, you're going from these well-paid jobs to not being paid for a couple of years. Um, you, you go from also, I guess, a, a certain status and comfort to, yeah, getting your hands dirty in, in all sorts of admin tasks, uh, repetitive tasks, uh, and then the most strategic tasks as well. And then in, in, in our situations with my co-founder, Ranjit, and I, we have young families. We, we, we have young kids. We have people who are dependent on us. Mm-hmm. So, so, of course, this, this is a risk. Um, ha- however, uh, I guess it's, it's, it depends on, on what you want to achieve in, in life and what drives happiness. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and for me, I was always a creator. Uh, so, so, so I always wanted to create things that may not be here yet. I always wanted to have positive impact in in whatever environment I, I'm in. And ultimately, I think it was that motivation and then also the experience that we've had that, that gave us that platform to say, hey, we can do this together. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was sort of the, the, the initial driving force to, to start a venture. You, you mentioned that you had an exit before, you know, with the startup that you worked in in Australia. Did you also have any any shares there as as part of you know leading sales, etc., that helped you to have some capital to then start your own venture? Yeah, I had back then. I I I, I had a small equity in, in in that firm, but really the capital to start our own venture uh, came from the savings that that we've accumulated over the last over the last few years. Um, which which was what we invested as, as starting capital for a found uh, now uh, both my co-founder and I in in obviously equal parts. By imagine, you know, you not only leave your well-paying job, you also put the savings that you have and invest them into your new company. How do you go about that? Because you said you have family, you have kids, you have people who are depending on you. Is there like a, a margin of safety where you say, hey, this is the savings that we should keep in the bank just for a rainy day? How, how do you go about that and also convince your partners, I assume, to be on board with that and, and support that you should take this risk and this bet? Yeah. So, so you mentioned before, we are not in our mid-20s. Right. We were in our early 40s. I mean, if you're in your mid-20s, often you're just by yourself, right? So, so, you, so you risk your own... Or you make a bet on yourself, right? And you don't have anything else that that yeah. sort of uh, that that you throw into that situation. Yeah, with us it's different. So, so what we did, Ranjit and I. I mean, a we knew each other extremely well before because we worked together uh, in this corporate at LHH for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And before we started, found uh, we literally went walking for a few days in the Swiss mountains. Uh, to have those sorts of conversations yeah. um, and, and say, hey, what are we willing to, to risk? Um, what are the sorts of conversations we need to have with our families? What time do we give ourselves? Yeah. What, what, does our, uh, what do our assets look like? Um, right. What's the promise to each other if this doesn't work or if it yeah. works? And, and, and I guess the benefit that we both have is we do have very stable a very stable family environment uh, we both have partners 
uh, who who have jobs, who have their own careers. Yeah. I mean that that's a that's a safety net, Absolutely. right? So there is an income there, yeah. and then and then of course we we've made an investment that that is for for the future and, and, and needs to be there and means we we've we've got skin in the game mm-hmm. um and we have a, a little safety net should things yeah. not work out but we're not even thinking about should things not work out we, we're course. just going for plan a and this of thing course. works yeah but but i like that and i think that's a setup that could inspire others to say hey you are a partner you and your partner you know you both could have a successful career making a very decent amount of money but now you can split it you can say one partner is working and makes enough money to pay the bills and finance the life so you're you have the safety net there but the other partner can actually build a venture with a huge upside potentially and that's actually quite a cool bet that you can take as partners or as a family even to you know to diversify and say Life is finance, but we have this upside bet and hopefully lots of fun on the way there. But this is a cool setup that I think many people could also get inspired from. Yeah, no, look, I agree. I, I think both Ranjit and I are, are super fortunate with, 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 as I said, with, with with the families that we have and with the support that we have from from our from our uh, wives, and, and and that needs to be there unconditionally, right? Because of course, yeah. in every startup, you have you have tough days. Um, your financial wiggle room is a lot less than what it was before. You, you actually for a couple of years you may not be able to cover all the bills right so so you you you're you're in the red but you're not as much in the red as if your partner wouldn't work and and right. you just got to be that strong team at home because right. if if um you know if if work's intense if if work's really challenging then you've got to have that solid base in 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 your family mm. where, where sometimes after a tough day uh, your wife also comes to you and says, "Hey, th- you know, it's all good, and you're on the right track, and this is working, and 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 that sort of support is is, is crucial." Sounds like an amazing team. Yeah, well, uh, well, we are, and, and I'm very proud of it. And talking about the team, you said you meant you met Ranjit when you were uh, working together at the previous firm. What made you want to start a company together? You know, what were sort of the skills or the discussions that you had early on, where you then said, "Hey." Maybe this is something that we should work on together. How did that happen? Yeah, so 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 I met Ranjit back in uh, 2015 or so. At that time, he was already uh, CEO for uh, our European businesses, and and I was leading our business in APAC. And um, and then later on, he he became my boss, um, and and he moved up uh, the ladder and, and took over as global CEO for for LHH, which is you know five thousand wow. odd people, fifty um, odd countries, and I worked for him then uh, for a number of years, mm-hmm. and and I think during that time, obviously you you test relationships, right? There's uh, uh, you know, and, and and you work super closely together on on strategy as well as strategy ex- execution. We lived in different continents. We didn't see each other that much, but we also had a common base. We 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 we're both international citizens, but but we're Swiss, um, and and we really, I, I guess, started to feel that we have similar values similar motivations and if we have problems mm-hmm. we can work them out no. um and and he left um lhh 
which belongs to the ADECO group, a little earlier than me. And obviously we stayed in contact and, and, and sort of compared notes and things. And, and it was during that time where we felt, look, we can obviously go into the next corporate and, and, and continue and, 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 and do the next big gig. And, or we could, we could really try and, and, and add value and, and, and disrupt something. And I think it was that common motivation that we said, big corporates have a very hard time to innovate and, and really add value. So that needs to happen in, in, a, in a venture environment. We have the right experiences. We have the right ideas. We think we are a good team. So, so let's start that journey. Why not do that? Yeah, exactly. of course. And so you did. You went on to innovate. And I want to now talk a bit about what you actually do with Found. One innovative factor is you reverse the sort of application process. So the roles in the hiring process, usually, you know, I'm an employee. I go to the employer and say, please, please, please hire me. You swap that around and you make the company's pitch to potential employees, to talents. So my question is, what kind of talent do you have access to or do you have in your pool that is so attractive to pitch to from a company perspective? Yeah, exactly. So, so that needs to be there, right? Because otherwise right. that reversal does, does, does not work. Um, so, so we talked before about those sort of digital skills or future work skills that uh, organizations need to, mm -hmm. to, to, to be successful in, in the future. And that really gained traction du during, during COVID. So uh, I would say the, the, the characteristics or the traits of the found talent community are, are three ways. Uh, first, uh, we build those talent communities with people who have demonstrated experiences in those skills areas. So for us at the moment, it's uh, product. So everything from CPO to, to, to product owners. Mm -hmm. uh, it's UX, UI design, and it's software sales. So, so they're kind of the three skill or experience areas that we go after uh, from a talent perspective. Second, uh, the onboarding process of talent involves a range of uh, selective uh, assessments be because it's an exclusive community. Mm -hmm. and, and we not only look at the skills and experiences, we also investigate the preferences of, of the talent. And we do a neuroscience uh, gamified assessment to test for uh, cognitive skills and, and behavioral traits. Wow. And, and so the people who are in our community not only have those skills, but they're at the, they're the very best at deploying those skills. And then lastly, um, and maybe we get to talk about this a little more, the, the talent that we have have found they're in jobs. So, so they're high performers who are in full-time or, or part-time jobs, frustrated uh, maybe to a certain degree about their current career, but they don't want to go on a job search hunt because right. that job search is so involving. They don't, they don't want to do that. So they're hidden talent to employers because they won't apply through job boards or go to recruiters. Of course. Uh, so, so employers will never see them. And, and we have them in our community. So they're sort of the three factors that, 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 that make the community uh, super interesting and make that reversal possible. That makes a lot of sense. At the same time, I wonder these top talents they are probably hard to get. You know, they are very busy with their careers. 
even though they might be frustrated in the current shop, how do you find and sort of acquire them for your talent pool? Yeah, good question. So, so we're using a, a, a range of tactics. I think it's it's important also to say where we started. So, in in Q two this year, May, early May this year, we really started with our product community first mm -hmm. for a few reasons. Yeah. Why? Uh, one was because they're obviously in demand, but the second thing also is we're testing our product, and we thought, okay, from product people, <laughs> Smart, that's yeah. that's the best discovery you could you could possibly have. Right. Actually, uh, involving them and also getting feedback from them on our product so we yeah. can code with with a lot of certainty um we identified them by digital marketing mm -hmm. methods uh, looking at certain parameters uh, in their background and, and and then reaching out so so that was that was one method the second me method was through through partnerships mm -hmm. so we identified uh, certain pools where these people with those trades hang out and, and then yeah. obviously, you know, try to get to know them uh, through those forums. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is referral. Um, yeah. And and ultimately, we really want to grow our community uh, through referrals. And, and that actually has taken off way faster than than what we what we ever imagined which is fantastic and speaks to the quality of, of of the talent i love that how do you generate these referrals because this is like the dream for any product right i acquire the first few really good users in your case top talents and then they bring me more top talents how did you do that in your product or in, in your setup to make that happen yeah i mean at first really no strategy behind other than making sure that these people get a really good experience mm -hmm. and 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 we started with a with a well in some parts low code in some parts absolutely zero code product sure so then the experience is dependent on who they talk to what exercises you give them yeah. what sort of assessment debrief that they get and you just got to do that really well yeah. um and and then the referral might come from the first person you talk to. Um, yeah. We've only just now we've we, we've got an instrument or a process behind really scaling the referral base. So we've got a, a referral landing page and make it really easy for people yeah. to refer others, etc. But that's now four months after initially uh, launching launching mm -hmm. the product. But that makes a lot of sense. You focus on the user experience, and if that is good, people will want to refer you on their own. I like that statement because it shows get your thing right, focus on the UX. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And 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 that stems from the, from the fact that when we did all the discovery about how hiring's been done for many, many years, a lot of talent told us that that their experience was really poor. Mm -hmm. and, and whether that's through applying through job boards or working with recruiters, no. uh, very dissatisfied with with the end-to-end -end experience. And yeah. so for us, it was really clear from the get-go, well, the UX UI process needs needs to be differentiated and, and, and needs to be a key value prop for, yeah. for found. Yeah, I see the gap right there in the market. <laughs> Absolutely. So now we talked about the talent, but on the other side, you have, of course, companies. How does the company process look like? Yeah, so uh, 
on on the company side on the B two basically B two B sales process. Um, there we obviously relied on our networks uh, first and foremost at the at the very beginning. Again, being in our early mid forties, obviously you have a bit of a better network uh, to my early mid twenties, where I knew a lot of fantastic people, but they weren't in the positions at organizations that would have been useful. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so the initial uh, base of employers really. Came came through either Ranch Eden, my network, or our uh, board advisors network, or then the second degree uh, network. Uh, now, of course, that's that's not scalable, um, but it provides the sort of the first uh, approach to market. Yeah. Now we're really in a process of finding out, okay, how can we get, and again, the right employers, mm-hmm. because our mission is to make people loving their jobs so you've yeah. got to guarantee quality on the employer side as well yeah. so we want to fight find the right employers at scale mm-hmm. and we obviously defined a very na- narrow icp uh and and are now going after that testing uh different channels different copy different processes yeah. uh to to sort of uh, ensure we, we've got uh, we've got something that works And you know, when both sides come together, you have the platform, what you are doing with Found, and that's always a bit the chicken and the egg problem, right? At the same time. So is there any side that you focus on first? Because if you have the best talent, but no employers, no one is going to be happy and vice versa. So do you focus on one side more strongly now at the beginning than the other? Yeah, you're sounding like a VC here, uh, Silvan. Uh, <laughs> that's yes. my job today. <laughs> Exactly. So it's it's the normal chicken and egg problem yeah. in a platform. And of course, we thought about that from, from the very beginning. Um, we believe that the hard side to build is the talent side. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Uh, if we have the very best talent with those in-demand skills currently not visible to employers who are looking for those skills... Mm-hmm. then we win. Yeah. And, and and so from the very beginning, we, we focused at building the, the talent community first. Yeah. And, and that's also part of that reversal thinking, thinking behind it. Because sure. traditional recruiters, they always run to the employers first, right? And they try to get some yeah. sort of an assignment and then they charge a retainer or whatever. Yeah. We, 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 we're doing the opposite. And, and so... The, the, the talent side first. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the key challenge over the next few years will be to, to keep that ratio of how many yeah. talent do you need for how many employers on the platform. Uh, that will be a, a key challenge. We've, we've got about six different models yeah. uh, to calculate those ratios. And, and, and we obviously feed that with data as we go to, to really get smart. How, how that works. I mean, that's something that you will figure out along the way because you do have the data when both sides come together on the platform. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I mean, data is key. I mean, this is this is another reason why why we built the platform and the, and the product. The data's not been used in hiring for 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 too long, mm-hmm. and, and and so and in all areas of the hiring process, right? Yeah. And, and and so we want to make data front and center. No. Uh, at, at at found and really then make product decisions of course. based based on that data. Yeah. And when both sides come together, you also need, of course, to have a business model behind it to make money as a company yourself. What's your business model today and how do you see that evolving over time? 
Yeah, so yeah, good question. So, so obviously the, the business model will change, uh, will change over time, and 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 we we're, we're working on that. Uh, at the moment, it it's super easy. Um, so the 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 proposition for talent is completely free. Um, talent does not need to pay anything for coming on to the found uh, found community. And then on the employer side, we charge a a, a flat or a fixed uh, placement fee. Should the employer exchange an employment contract uh, with a talent uh, from found? Everything up until that stage is also free uh, for the employer. So it's sort of a zero risk proposition Mm -hmm. uh, for the employer. The placement fee is fixed because we don't believe in percentage fees of salaries. That's murky. And it's also difficult to forecast uh, for of employers, course, yeah. what that cost will be, and then the intermediary is always in an awkward position yeah. b- b- because, well, the higher the salary, the bigger the fee. That's not something we want to be involved in. So th- our placement fee is is twenty grand uh, Swiss, mm-hmm. but at the moment we've got a discount in place, uh, so we make it fifteen thousand, fourteen thousand nine hundred uh, yeah. to be exact, uh, based on on really working very closely with with those employers. Nice, and. I know, again, sounding like a VC here, but I, I also see a risk, right? That if you make the contact happen, that suddenly they might find an agreement outside of your platform. How do you avoid that? That you make all the hard work, you know, you bring them together, they find an agreement, but then they don't do the contract or you don't get informed about the contract getting done. Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, also a, a, a very obvious uh, risk in in our business. We thought about that too. So we, we are um, supporting the process, not just up until matching, but really up until uh, exchange of an employment contract. Mm-hmm. And, and and through that, we, we can track who's getting hired or who isn't getting hired fairly easily. Uh, on top of that, of course, we've got terms and conditions. So if yeah. an employer comes on board uh, with found, they're aware of, of what the terms are. So should they meet the talent uh, in the, through found and in the found uh, community, uh, and you know that leads to to, to an, ex, uh, an employment agreement, then of course uh, a fee is due. So there's some simple mechanisms to to sort of avoid that problem. That makes a lot of sense. Um, One last challenge I want to talk about from the platform perspective is once you have the talent on board, it's very important, but maybe also difficult to keep them active, right? I I know that for myself, you know, sometimes I create an account somewhere, all sounds great. Then I click around, maybe I find a few interesting companies, but then after a few weeks or months, I, I don't use the platform that actively anymore. How do you make sure that, you know, people come back, that they are active and that they also keep their profile up to date, et cetera, to really interact with the companies? Yeah, super important point. So managing churn, right, this is, right. is, 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 the, is, the, is the topic. Um, so, so we are trying to do this th- through, a, through a range of, of interactions. The, the, the first one is, you know, back to UX UI, right? A, a product needs to be easy to interact with and uh, so that you want to go on again and again. Uh, and so we are investing, we've built our own uh, UXUI, we've got our own designer, and we've got our own tech team, etc. So, so, so that's that, that's front and center. Second, our community offers three benefits to, to talent. One's obviously career and, and, and being pitched to 
by employers, right? And, right. and, and not needing to do all of that hard work in, in the job search. Right. The second one is is learning. Uh, and and at the moment, we're trying to connect our talent to a variety of learning opportunities that they can go to. So, Great. And then in the future, that will change. Uh, and, and, and there might be learning opportunities that they can access w- within our platform. And then the third one is community. Um, so yeah. a, a, a lot of people uh, want to interact with like-minded people, uh, not only to learn, but also to build network. Yeah. And so something super simple that we've just implemented in the last uh, couple of weeks is is what we call career coffees. Mm-hmm. So that a product manager uh, at company X, uh, who's curious about new uh, career opportunities and learning, we connect them with what we feel is a good match product manager or product owner or CPO at, at, at another company and 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 just make that interaction so that they can meet and and, and have an exchange and I think those community uh, features are, are, are critical uh, to, to to get people back in future we might have mentorship opportunities especially of a talent that actually move through the whole process start a new career via found with mm-hmm. an employer and they could start to mentor new talent who come onto the found platform about the do's and don'ts and and, and, and basically give back. And I think that's a, a, a big attraction to many people right now uh, that, that, that they actually want to share their learnings and, and help other people along the way. I, I love that because we see that, you know, what we do with Swisspinner of just bringing people together and so many great things can come out of that. And I know that if you bring peers together that otherwise maybe not even know each other or would never interact. That's super, super powerful. So I, I, I love that community aspect. That's super valuable. Yeah, thank you. No, uh, we, we, we're, we're working on this and, and, and obviously try to instrumentalize that and make it scalable and, 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 and really make it work. But yeah, I know the first signs around the, yeah, the needs of people, yeah. the, the interest of people to do this is, is fantastic. Amazing. You also have not only a very strong product, but in that product, you also work with AI and gamification. Can you talk a bit more about how you embed them in your product and what the the benefits are of having that? Yeah, I mean, which product today is is not talking about AI uh, and and, and also gamification? No, it's obviously critical for us. So on on the AI side, our... uh, uh, our matching engine, our, our proprietary matching engine, uh, is fed with with dozen and and soon hundreds of of, of data points, recognizing patterns of behavior uh, mm-hmm. using using machine machine learning uh, to really make it the world's best matching engine between the 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 criteria that we're hearing from the employer and then obviously the data uh, and the rich data that we have from 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 the talent. Um, so so that's the main area where we're going to use AI. But then we're using AI in very simple things like the onboarding processes of both em- em- employers and and and, and talent. Uh, so when a talent, for example, meets with their career coach as part of their onboarding, that their career coach is all, already fed with with a lot of data uh, using AI, which really makes it a lot more efficient and faster. So 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 that's the AI side. Uh, I mean, that area is is changing and accelerating so quickly that you always feel a little bit on the back foot on how you can use it for your your product. Mm-hmm. But I think you just got to put a, a line in the sand and and look for 
use cases in your product and 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 and, and then do it and, and and measure whether it works. And then the gamification um, we we use mainly in the way we assess people uh, for their. Uh, Cognitive uh, skills and and and, and behavioural traits, mm-hmm. and and we've that there's basically two ways you can you can assess people. Either you you, you measure uh, behaviours uh, as such, or, or or you go the neuroscience way, and 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 we've went down the the neuroscience way and basically asked people to play a few games, and they can do this on their on on their iPhones uh, in, in a very short period of time. So 15, 20 minutes, play three or four games. Cool. Uh, and, and, and obviously while playing, we, we get a lot of data points around how they approach the game, what they do, where they mm-hmm. move. Um, and then get, that gives a very solid and very, uh, yeah, predictive pi- pi- picture of, of their, uh, not only of their skills, but also of their uh, potential for the future. Amazing. I love that. I also want to talk about the topic of financing or fundraising you put a money on the table yourself to demonstrate skin in the game as founders you were completely self-funded and now just took a convertible loan sort of as a first small round what were some tough trade-offs early on um, that you had to go through or that you had to make because you were self-funded and didn't go for you know big vc money early on yeah, obviously, the, I mean, the funding environment, as, as you know, has changed dramatically over yeah. the last 18 months. I mean, uh, you know, two years ago, you, you were basically throwing money for, for any sort of half solid opportunity. And and, and today, I, th- I mean, to some as- aspects, we're in a lot healthier environment, maybe even in a better environment. But of course, I mean, at some stage, more confidence need to, needs, to, needs to come in. But your question was, well, how did we do this? So for us, it was clear... Uh, at the very beginning, that 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 we need to provide the starting capital, and 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 Ranjit and I want to, and 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 also have to uh, put that capital in. So so we put uh, half a million in uh, of of our own money to to get things uh, to get things going, um, and 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 then we evaluated different methods, right, on on how we could do this this first round, and really thought the convertible loan for us was was the right instrument, mm-hmm. and so early this well very late last year early this year uh, we started this, this this round with a goal to have two million uh, in the, in the convertible loan and um and obviously we you know with all the learnings i mean of course in our careers we've done business pitches we, we, we've done investor pitches we, we kind of knew a little bit the, you know how the game's played but then as a, as a new venture, uh, you, you know, you, you sort of need to change perspective again. Yeah. Um, and, and we went through iterations of, of, of getting, uh, getting that right. But it took us uh, yeah, only about six, seven months to get that convertible loan filled. Nice. And, and we are even in that very fortunate situation that we are a little over oversubscribed. Uh, so in the in the last few weeks, uh, we we made some trade offs, some choices uh, on 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 which investors we want to have on board. Mm-hmm. In large, they're they're professional investors, uh, or they're industry experts. Uh, so so it's, it's it's a combination of both. We we didn't go the the family friends route. Uh, so so really wanted to get professional investors or or people who can who can help us other, otherwise. Uh, and and now that this round is done, you're always looking at the next round, right? The, After uh, the, the round is before the round. That's <laughs> yeah, how it works. Exactly. And and look, I, I really have to uh, 
I uh, have to do a shout out to Ranjit. I mean, he was leading uh, over the last few months the, the investor side of things. And it's obviously great as co-founders if you can split up and conquer. Of course. And, yeah. and he he's done a tremendous job on 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 networking and and, and, and learning and and, and uh, building those relationships with, with those investors. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, uh, definitely the right co-founder on board. Amazing. So when is your next round planned for? Yeah, so we, we we are thinking sort of end of Q1, middle of next year yeah. uh, to do the next round. Uh, that will be with with VCs. Uh, we obviously have plans to to expand. So Switzerland is really uh, the, the market where we want to learn yeah. now and, and prove product market fit. Uh, and then the next round uh, should support our our expansion. So yeah, we're planning that for for middle of next year. Perfect. So you said you want to prove Switzerland. What are some milestones that you think you will have to hit before you can raise the next round? Yeah, so so it's really that traction roadmap and 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 really that uh, product market fit that that we want to get round uh, get right over mm-hmm. over the next six months uh, into Q one into Q one next year. So so I think that's the first milestone. Uh, second milestone is to finalize the the, the coding of the product end to end. At the moment, our roadmap is also uh, sort of sketching that out for for Q1 uh, next year, um, and and hopefully we can go we can get there. We've got a a, a great CTO with with Nicholas Newholm on board and and, and the senior software engineers. So, so they're both in Zurich, so so that's great. Um, and then the third milestone is is that geographic expansion that I talked about in 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 2024. So so they're sort of the yeah the three key things we want to achieve. Amazing. And what's the bigger vision now that you have investors on board? At one point, they eventually also want to see a return on their investment. Do you plan to get acquired? Do you want to scale up and then eventually do an IPO one day? What's your vision we found? Yeah, I think I mean the the the. the 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 vision, I mean, the first vision is right. We we want to d- d- disrupt this this hiring industry, right. and and while doing this, we we want to get people into jobs that they really love, while at the same time solving that that skills gap for employers. Mm-hmm. So so I think, I think that's core, and that needs to come first before the vision of okay, what are we going to do? We found. Um, we, we we do have the goal of of ultimately selling found uh, could be a strategic investor could be a VC you know could be could be something else uh, we set ourselves a, a time frame of, of five to seven years uh, but but let's go you know step after step but course, but that's yeah. the ultimate goal yeah got it. So to wrap up today's conversation, George, we also have some rapid fire questions for you. I'm going to ask you a short question and you have to answer in one sentence, ideally. Oh, sounds like fun. Let's do it. Let's go. What's the funniest or most memorable job interview that you have ever conducted or attended? Funniest job interview that I've conducted? Well, I I, I do. So if I have the opportunity to meet people face to face, I surprise them and take them on a walk. Uh, and I take them on a walk to get them out of their comfort zone, uh, get them relaxed, and then we walk and talk. Nice. And I remember a in Sydney, a scorching hot summer's day, 
where, where when I met a, a lady and she, and and she obviously had high heels on, was was dressed for the occasion, yeah. and we went out and and and, and walked along uh, Sydney Harbour. And after about five minutes, he said, George, can, can we just slow down here a little bit? Uh, a, for my safety, uh, but but also, you know, to make sure I can catch a breath and actually give you the responses that yeah. you need to. So so that was that was kind of funny. That sounded like a challenging interview. <laughs> exactly. What employer red flags should job seekers watch out for? Well, well in the hiring process, make sure that your experience during the process lines up with the values that an employer declares on their website. Yeah. To give an example, a lot of companies, also a lot of well-known tech companies, they've got as a value entrepreneurship or fast decision making or whatever. Yeah. But then the job interview process is 12 <laughs> steps. So if you see that yeah, it takes the, like two or three months. Exactly, you know? that, that's like, the end of it. Don't yeah. go. Yeah. Wrong, all, all wrong. Not walking the talk. No, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure if you remember, but how many CVs have you sent out in your lifetime, basically? Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've only had three jobs thus far, I guess. Um, I definitely sent a bunch out after my studies here in Zurich. Mm -hmm. let's, let's call this half a dozen. Then I sent another bunch out when I landed in Australia. No one knew me, so so another half a dozen. Yeah, yeah so call it a couple of dozen, I guess. Perfect. And the last one for you is found the right job for you? Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, I wouldn't call it a job, right? It's, it's, it's sort of a, a, a life's mission, really. Right. But no, it definitely feels right. Always something that I wanted to do. Uh, feel like I've got the, the right team around around me because because alone you're, you're, you're lost, but the team makes it work. So no, this, this is great for me. Amazing. George, these were all my questions for today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Lots of success and all the best for the future. Well, really appreciate it. And thanks for having me, Sivan. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, you can support us by rating our show on Apple Podcasts. This way, we can reach an ever-growing number of aspiring entrepreneurs. <laughs>